Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Sam Shaheen, a senior editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, I'm talking to Pitt Gruy from Bivy about GPS communication devices. These devices can be the difference between life and death in remote places. So we talk about the different types of technology and devices on the market, how these devices can affect decision-making, satellite networks, complicated payment plans, and Pitt's impressive skills as a DJ. For anyone who recreates outside, I think there is some really useful information here about how GPS devices can improve your safety in the backcountry. I'm here today talking with Pitt Gruy of Bivy Stick. And Pitt, you're the marketing director at Bivy Stick, right? Yeah, that is correct. You should be honored. Usually we don't have marketing directors on the podcast. So this is a this is kind of a kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I I'm glad I made the cut. Yeah. Yeah. Just just know that all our listeners are going to have their marketing BS um, ears especially tuned in today. <laughs> all right. I'll try to sound like a normal human being and not some uh, like sketchy car salesman or or anything like that. So I know you have a bit of a kind of interesting background in the outdoor industry. Uh, to start, can you talk a bit about your background and how it led to where you are today at Bivy Stick? Yeah, definitely. So I, um, you know, I grew up here in Utah, in the mountains of Utah, and and the joy of what we have here is you get to participate in all kinds of activities. Whether you know, skiing is life in the winter, and in the summer we have fantastic climbing and biking and paddling and and all these different sports. And so you know, I never became a master. I'm a master of none, you know, kind of jack of all trades in, in, in outdoor adventures. And I like to pursue all kinds of different things. Um, and so that led me to obviously to working in the outdoor industry. And, uh, you know, I'd worked in the ski industry a little bit um, in my past, you know, managing lift operators and things and resort operations, with safety and, and everything else. And then I, I moved to Petzl America and, you know, Petzl, all the equipment that Petzl makes is around safety, right? It's keeping people safe when they work at height, when they recreate at height, when they're off the ground, everything else, you know, so that just continued to be like drilled into me throughout my career and and growing up is that, you know, always working with guides and, and risk managers and and things like that as, as products got developed and, and, and sold and brought to the market. Uh, And then I went to work for Goal Zero, which was a, you know, a growing company here in Utah, batteries and and introduced me more to the um electronics and i would say almost the tech world of the of the outdoor industry so anyway all these things kind of led up to then um an opportunity when when i was approached by bivy that was working on software products and kind of a digital guidebook and tracking app and and things like that and i came on working with with them and and you know my eyes were kind of open much more to this like software world and the tech world um and you know what it could offer the outdoor industry so that being said we we, we progressed with the app and then what happened was one of our customer or a lot of our customers actually said hey the app is great we wanted we want to know if you guys are able to produce a product that gives me you know even better peace of mind and safety in the back country when I'm off the grid, because obviously an, an app on your phone is limited by when you have phone service for those safety features. So um, yeah, we started looking into it and and, and developed what is the Bivy Stick. Um, and the Bivy Stick basically 
is a satellite communication device, and it pairs with your cell phone and gives you access to uh, the satellite network where you're able to send and receive a text message or send out an SOS, um, get a weather report, or share your location um, all from anywhere on the globe. Basically, if you have view of the sky, you can do it. Um, and it's interesting because we obviously weren't the only ones thinking of that. When we launched the Bivy Stick um, in 2018, um, within like two months of us launching it, you know, Garmin came out with a new product about it and another competitor came out. Well, actually two other competitors came out with a new product. So almost everybody was kind of on the same boat with, with the progression of satellite communication devices and, and the offering and the need for them and the market for them and, and everything else that, um, you know, people were, were asking for. So it was kind of an interesting coincidence when we launched that, you know, all these devices kind of hit the market at the same time. Um, but I think it, it was a, a definite win for all of us because it's growing a market for something that is needed and it's going to keep people safe in the backcountry as, as more and more people are kind of venturing out past their, their normal, you know, trailheads and, and everything else. I think we'll get into kind of the, the weeds of the different features and products and the way that the, way that, that the whole sort of GPS device space works. But first, last time I saw you, I actually learned something really interesting about you, and that is that you're an amazing DJ. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could, I, could speak to, I could speak to that. And one of the opportunities I've had in the outdoor industry is when I worked for Petzl, we threw on a we threw a party at the Ure Ice Festival every year. And, you know, Petzl wasn't about to spring for a real DJ to DJ that party for a bunch of ice climbers. And so um, I became the default work the booth during the day and I would uh, DJ the party at night, which, you know, my DJ skills basically mean pressing play on my computer and, uh, you know, just turning the music up louder if people aren't <laughs> dancing enough. But hey, and, hey, hey, don't sell yourself short, though. That's... <laughs> I was very impressed by your skills. Like, what what are your secrets? How do you pick the perfect song all the time? So, yeah, so what that brings to is when we were together and we were in the back of a snowcat cat skiing, right, and we had um, an aux jack to our iPhones to be able to play music. And so, you know, that's that's exactly the type of equipment that I need for my DJing skills. <laughs> Just the aux cord. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think one of my biggest secrets, right, is if people aren't moving enough, you just crank the volume a little bit higher until they are moving, and <laughs> and and you know it's a win-win. So, what what are the songs you picked that I had I had really low expectations for, but ended up being a huge crowd crowd pleaser? Was "Bro Him" by Pennywise? <laughs> mind blown, mind blown, how much everyone was 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 into that. But um, here I thought it would be fun if I gave you a few like. A few like you know, kind of random scenarios, and you're like, "What's what's the track? Like, what track is Pitt going to on the aux cord?" Um, <laughs> all right, so let's say like opening, like first dance at a at a bar mitzvah. First dance at a bar mitzvah. I mean, I think you have to set the tone and the energy level high. Um, so I would do the Humpty dance. I think that <laughs> would that would just like put people. I mean. <laughs> It's, that's to get your inhibitions like out of the way. Like anybody that's being shy at that point, like jump right in. Don't waste the first three or four songs with people being, you know, shy and 
nervous about dancing because everybody will jump in and show you their humpty dance so all right i I like that okay okay what about um slow dance at senior prom keeping in mind that it can't be too sexy (laughs) um I think I would go with um, just to make people laugh and again, you know, kind of relax a little bit and get the nerves out. I'd go with Lady in Red because everybody would throw their head back and say, oh, like, I mean, this is classic. No one will admit to liking it, but nobody will like turn down a dance to it. So excellent. No, no, no. That's 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 a good answer. I would never have guessed. But I trust you. I trust you. (laughs) All right. Um, favorite or best Weird Al dance song? Oh, you might have caught me off guard there. Weird Al is something I've I left long ago. Um, <laughs> I only asked because last night I actually heard the song White and Nerdy for the first time in like a decade at least and was very, very happy about it. I, I would say, and this is playing off of, you know, who he's who he's making fun of but i would say fat just because usually in my dj scenarios you can't go wrong with michael jackson so if we're doing a a parody of michael jackson then i i might go with that so i'd say fat all right all right okay last last one last one bit more personal what would if you were if you were a baseball player what would your walk-up song be (laughs) um i think you know, you wanna you wanna bring the heat, so I would I would probably go like something in the tone of like A C D C like Hell's Bells or something like that, right? To like put some fear in the opponent's eyes and be like, Oh, this guy isn't this guy isn't messing around. So So, so you're going for intimidation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, that that says a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Um, let's let's talk GPS again. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, to start, can you talk a little bit about? You know, I know, I know there's 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 a variety of GPS devices on the market, but just in general, what sort of utility are we looking at? What sort of features are are offered, and kind of how how does that play into the way you know a day in the mountains might work? Yeah, so if you're looking for a communication device, a way to communicate from off the grid, right? There's kind of two routes you can do. You know, the more expensive is, you know, sat phone, right? That's data transferring at a higher rate. Um, you know, it requires more expensive hardware and everything else. And I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of your your listeners and, and readers have looked into the cost of a sat phone for a certain trip or something. And it's just, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And it's, you know, it's it just doesn't fit the budget of most weekend warriors or people that are getting out occasionally or, or whatnot. Um, so that's kind of the higher end. And then what you have... You know, it, the more affordable side of things is, um, you know, products like ours, like the Bivy Stick or the Garmin InReach or a Spot um, tracker. And those use what we call small burst data. So basically, they are sending small packets of data back and forth between the device and the satellite networks. And when we say small bits of data, you know, a lot of people always ask this, like, oh, if I buy data, how many gigs do I get for this much? I mean, we're talking bytes of data, right? Like te- text, like you can get, for example, a, a, a text that we can send on these small burst data packets is about the size of a, of a tweet. So, you know, like 160 character 
packet of data that goes back and forth. Now you can transfer, you know, different data in that size. You just kind of have to repackage it. So whether it's text or whether, like I say, we can do a weather report. Um, you can share GPS coordinates in a location, all of that stuff. You can package small enough to fit into these small data packets or small burst data. But um, that's kind of what you're looking at is, is the two options. You know, um, either go really big where you can transfer a lot of data and it's really expensive or the more affordable, which is these small burst data packets. So in, in these data packets, basically, this is kind of on-demand texting. So like, if you need to send a message, you can send a message. If you, if you need to send a, you know, a beacon, you can send a beacon when, when you need. And otherwise, it just sort of lays dormant. That's kind of the idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all initiated, you know, as soon as you hit that send button and it, it goes. You can also, you know, a lot of these devices, um, when I talk about this, have like a tracking function where basically it, it'll send up that data packet at an interval that you set it. So like if you want somebody to say, hey, keep track of my location, I'm alone. And, you know, you can see my progress by logging on to a website or, or something like that. Well, your device, you can set it so your device every 10 minutes, for example, sends up a automatic location, like GPS coordinate and location share. You know, and each one of those times it sends up, it's, again, it's just sending up one of those small data packets every 10 minutes saying, here's his GPS coordinates now, here's his GPS coordinates now, and, and so on and so on. Um, and then, you you know, so you, you can, somebody can keep track of your progress that way, or you can just put this thing away not spend any data packets or whatever until you want to send a text message or initiate an SOS or, you know, look at a weather report and then you're not spending any data, you know, at any point during then. So, you know, kind of one thing that has always been on my mind thinking about these is sort of the go, no go decision of like when you would actually bring one of these into the backcountry. For you, when do you make that decision to take a GPS device versus just a phone? And what sort of factors play into that decision? You know, this is something that I'm, I'm really honest with, um, with potential customers and people asking me, like, why you need it. You know, I'm not I'm not the type of person that's, you know, that's going to say you need this gear no matter what, you know, even if they really don't need it or something. Um, and so, you know, my history of, of growing up in the mountains and recreating and, I've, you know, I've done... I've done lots of large and small adventures and, and whatnot. You know, I never, I never justified actually buying a device like this, you know, prior to a few years ago. Um, you know, and that's usually because of life situations and, and changes. And, and that kind of played into a handful of things. One of them was, you know, I became a dad and I felt like I had a little more responsibility at home one of them was I was actually, you know, um, I was actually involved in an avalanche seven years ago and lost a friend and it was a pretty heavy situation and communication was key in that scenario. You know, so just these experiences that people have through the mountains, like everybody kind of has a point where they say, I'm going to need one of these um, and I'm going to justify spending the money to, to buy this product and to, to buy data and, and whatnot. Um, but I, I think it, I think everybody kind of has to grow to that or, or get to that, right? When you're your 21 year old self, like, and we say this all the time, right? Like, that's not our market, the 18 to 25 year old brave dudes and young women that don't have that sense yet of uh, being responsible for a family or, or whatnot. And you kind of, you know, you live more wildly when you're in your college years, obviously. And um, 
yeah, they don't they don't justify, you know, they'd rather, much rather buy a couple new climbing ropes or a, or a new rack than on a safety device for sure. So, you know, I think it's it's for those it's for those people that are going to feel the need to 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 have that communication just in case um, and or maybe feeling that responsibility that, you know, if something bad or terrible happens, it justifies the cost of this justifies the the means for for carrying it to adding the weight to my pack and to paying for it and, and everything else. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's important for everybody to realize for themselves. Like I said, I, I never would have thought about it 10 years ago in my college years or, or younger. And, and, uh, at the same time, like now I don't really go very far into the mountains without a device and, and to be able to check in with my wife and, and make sure everything's okay back home. So, so you're based in Salt Lake City, you know, where the mountains are pretty close to the city. And at least in my experience there, there's pretty good cell service. Um, do you take a device with you, a GPS device, when you go into the Wasatch? When I backcountry ski, typically, um, again, it depends on the location. But you're right. Like, there's a lot of cell service in the Wasatch Mountains. And so, you know, there's there's very few places that you can't get to cell service within like a few minutes of like getting up on a ridge or, or something like that. Um, so I'd say, you know, to be honest, when I backcountry ski, I, I uh, maybe 50% of the time, I guess. But then, you know, just south of Salt Lake City and spending time in the desert or um, the town that I grew up in actually just north of Salt Lake, it's a totally different story. Um, like the Wasatch Front and the ski areas around there and everything has good phone service, but you go 50 miles north and as soon as you get out of town into those mountains, like there's no phone service and it's, and it's a lot trickier. So, um, it just depends on my location really. And, 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 uh, what I'm planning to do or, or how scared I am of, you know, where we're going and what the situation or conditions may be. So, so for you, the decision is kind of a, like, what's the cell service situation going to be like combined with what's the objective risk or what are the other factors of the day or the the plan, you know, and you synthesize those into some sort of a go slash no go situation. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, I mean, all of this kind of comes to the point where, um, and what we always try to encourage our customers to do, right, is no device and no piece of equipment is a substitution for like proper planning and decision making and knowledge in places that there's consequence, right? So, um, and that and this and that same goes with carrying like the bivy stick or or a device similar, right? Like you don't carry it with the idea of like, cool, this thing's going to save me if I get into trouble. So let's go full bore, like we're ready. You know, again, it's another tool to help you to accomplish whatever objective you're trying to do. But you consider it into you know. Again, that comes down to your research and your knowledge and your decision-making process and everything else like that. And I think that goes for any kind of safety device or GPS device or, you know, anything that you carry in your backpack when you're when you're out, right? It, it's not a substitute for, for you know, good a good head on your shoulders and, and decision-making skills. Yeah, and I mean, we, we, we talk about that a lot, especially nowadays with avalanche airbags and 10 years ago, we talked about it with helmets and avalanche transceivers and things like that, how perhaps they might be influencing, you know, someone's level of risk tolerance. But that's a, an, an interesting idea, but something, especially with the GPS communication device, something to be, uh, I think, pretty, pretty leery of. Yeah. 
I think a lot of the, and again, you know, kind of going to this, a lot of the the drive behind people getting this device, because nobody really plans on bad things happening. Um, you know, you always, in your head, it always goes well before you, you do something. But what we're finding also is a, lot, a purchase of a device like this or carrying a device like this is a, a lot of influence from your peers or your social circles, right? So whether that's whether that's your mom wants you to carry it because she's worried about you and all your ski objectives, Sam, and she's like, I want you to check in or I want to know that you're okay or I want to see where you're at. Um, you know, then mom, if you're listening, I have one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, or, you know, sometimes again, it's a spouse or it's, it's the group of friends that you're with, right? Like sometimes you want to do something and, and, you know, for example, Hey, we want to go do this objective and, you know, a bike ride. It's a, it's a long ride through the desert. It's way out in the middle of nowhere, whatever. Well, you need a partner for that. And, you know, sometimes it's like, cool, my spouse will let me go or my partner will, you know, my partner will come with me and I'll have a a group of guys if we kind of have this um, backup plan or this, this ability to to communicate and check in or or whatnot. So, you know, when you say like, what's, it goes, what goes into you deciding to carry this? Again, that's another factor that comes into it, just that peer and that social group that, you know, who you, who your partners are, who you're recreating with, or who, is concerned about you while you're recreating and, and, and all of that. Has using a GPS communication device in the backcountry changed the way you plan or look at objectives or changed the way that, that, that you, you know, like look at the way that you recreate in the mountains? Um, I don't think it's changed me personally. I, I mean, I've had, ex- I, like I said, I've had some, some scary experiences in the past and I think those definitely play more into my decision-making, um, and, uh, and, and I try to keep those, you know, close to, close to my heart and in, in when I make decisions and, and things like that. And, um, but I, it definitely, I think gives peace of mind in a lot of cases. And I can give you a, a little bit of an example, right? Like there was a, there was a few years ago, I went to the desert by myself down in Escalani for a weekend. And, um, my wife isn't much of a worrier. She's, amazing in that sense and you know I can say like I'm going to Escalani and I'm gonna hike around and explore some canyons and she's like cool have fun you know and that's like all the details she gets and that was you know and if I do that she's like okay great and doesn't worry which is kind of amazing and then when I come back I'm like I probably should have given you more detail about where I was going (laughs) and what I was doing and in, in retrospect so anyway a few years ago I went to the desert and I told my wife hey yeah, I think I left on a Friday and I said, I'll be back Sunday night. You know, if you don't hear from me by Sunday night at dark, you know, I'll call you on my way home or whatever. Like, that's when you can worry. And she's like, OK, great, done. I went I went my way. Well, I'd also invited my br- my little brother to join me on that on that trip. And um, he last minute kind of bailed and, and didn't go. And so I was solo and I was like, great. Well, he sends a text to my dad like Saturday night saying, hey, have you heard from Pitt? Um I thought, you know, he didn't really know my plans fully. And so he thought maybe I'd be out Saturday or something. And, and he sends a text to my dad. And my dad instantly goes into, like, panic mode. Like, where's Pitt? Blah, blah, blah. But nobody yet considered to call my wife to get details. They all kind of just start thinking, like, Pitt's lost in the desert. He's hurt. He's injured. <laughs> um, you know, my brothers and my dad and my mom and everything else is going around. Finally, they do they do reach... Uh, I reached out to my wife and she's like, well, you know, he said he'd be out Sunday. So, 
you know, we're not too worried. But by that point, everybody already kind of worked up to a frenzy. And when I come out of the desert that day, or when I come out and I finally get phone service, my phone is like blowing up with messages <laughs> like, where are you? Are you okay? Do you need help? Share your location, right? Like going nuts. And, um, and uh, I was like, what in the hell happened? Like what? And I, you know, kind of get to the bottom of it. And, you know, it's just like, huh, like, if I would have been able to get one text message out at some point and said, yeah, everything's okay, I'm coming out Sunday, right, it would, it would, it would have taken away so much, you know, stress and worry on, I don't know how many people were involved in that, you know, conversation that night, right, like, between brothers and cousins and aunts and whoever else and whatever, and, um, yeah, I think it just, it, it would bring so much less stress on all those parts so then jump forward to last summer i had my bivy stick with me and i was in the frank church wilderness and i went in we went in and some climbing objectives there me and a friend and you know it, we kind of went in and again i told my wife hey we're going in saturday and we're either going to come out friday or saturday depending on weather and what happens and how the climbing's going and what we find, how the rock is and whatever else, right? It was kind of a big unknown trip and we were exploring and, and whatever. Well, you know, it made such a difference that every night when I got to camp, I said, you know, a quick text message to my wife that said, hey, the rock is great. The climbing is fantastic. Like, this place is amazing. We're going we're gonna to keep going. We're going to stay another day or you know, whatever the message was, right? It just made a huge difference instead of my wife wondering for four or five, six days, like, is the rock good? What are they doing? Are they hunkered down someplace? Like, what's going on? Um, it just, it, it just, it, you know, it makes life and relationships so much better. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the current state of the market. To my knowledge, and we, d- we touched on this a bit earlier, the big players are sort of the Garmin inReach, the various spot devices, and then phone link devices like Bivy Stick. Can you talk about the various technology and features that each of these devices have and use and some of the pros and cons of each one? Yeah, the, the main players um, and the ones that have been around actually the longest are Garmin and Spot, right? So Garmin has had their inReach product, which they actually bought from DeLorme. When they acquired DeLorme, they took on this in-reach product. So they, I think they've had that for since about 2016 um, is when they, or 2015 is when they acquired DeLorme and, and they turned the in-reach product into a Garmin product. And then Spot has been around for I don't know how long. Um, and and yeah, they have a great product and, and you know, kind of serves some different functions or different styles for people and, and whatnot. So um, I'm not... I'm, I'm, this is again where I'm going to be a very objective blister reader and, you know, not try to say ours is better because of this. And, you know, that's what I want to say to you guys, but I'm going to come <laughs> at this at a, you know, I'm again putting away my marketing hat and coming at you as a blister reader and, and reviewer and, and, you know, giving you guys, you know, the straightforward answers and you can make decisions for yourself. Um, but uh, the, you know, so the few differences, um, Garmin and us, the Vivi Stick, and there's another brand new player called Somewhere that has a device similar to ours that just links to your phone um, or Bluetooth to your phone. They all use the Iridium satellite network. So the Iridium satellite network has the best global coverage. They have over 60 satellites in orbit. Um, low Earth orbit is what they call it. And they have 100% global coverage. Basically, anywhere you are on the Earth, you can get an iridium satellite in view if you have view of the sky so that's kind of 
one of the biggest factors, right, is like, how reliable are these things? You know, and that's what a lot of people ask, like, how reliable is it? Like, am I going to be able to get a message? Or is it going to take three days to get a message out because there's no satellites in view? You know, what happens if the satellite network is down or having issues? So those are, you know, I, th- I think that's key, like in your decision making of like which of these devices you get is like go to the satellite networks, do your research on that. Spot, on the other hand, is owned by Global Star, which is another satellite network. Global Star doesn't have completely 100% coverage. They have great coverage in North America, apparently, um, and Europe. You know, southern hemisphere and spots can be rough and at the poles can be really hard for them uh, as well from from reviews that I've read. And, and uh, I, don't, I personally haven't used a spot um, at the poles or anywhere too far in the southern hemisphere or anything like that. But, you know, so that, you know, the satellite networks make a difference. Then the other thing are the features, right? Um, some of the devices are just like there's devices that you can push one button and they send out a like a preset message like I'm OK or I'm here, or, you know, whatever. And then they have another button that's an SOS that is, I'm in trouble, send help, right? Um, And Spot's one of those devices that does that. So, you know, if that's all you need to communicate, that's great. Now, the the Garmin and the Bivy Stick, you know, it kind of opens up a little bit the availability of what you can communicate. Yes, you can send a preset message, um, on the Garmin, or you can send just a quick, quick text on ours that says, I'm okay. You can in- initiate an SOS to, to send out the Calvaries to, to, to come and find you and, and pick you up and shares your location automatically. But it also opens up communication as well. So, you know, um, some of the, in the past, some of the um, complaints about that SOS, right, is somebody hits the SOS button and it it's not as serious as they think it is, right? So they hit an SOS button, helicopters, and all they get is an SOS, right? The, and so the helicopters come in, they land, and they're like, what's wrong? And, the, you know, and it's, you know, there's stories of, like, kids in the hiking the Grand Canyon, and they hit their SOS button on their spot or whatever, and the helicopters come in, and the kids are like, we're thirsty, you know? It's like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, so we just launched a $50,000 rescue helicopter, whatever, so we could bring you a couple gallons of water, right? Like, there's there's better ways to, like, mitigate or to fix that issue or fix that problem. So with the InReach um, and with Bivy Stick, you know, you can initiate an SOS, and then you have the ability for specific communication in the sense that, like, you could say, yeah, I'm, you know, broken femur, bleeding out, severe, get somebody here fast. Or it can be, you know, I'm feeling nauseous, I can't walk very far, I need some help, but I'm okay, I'm warm, I'm dry. And, you know, they're like, cool, we'll send somebody in on foot or, you know, something else as opposed to, you know, launching the Coast Guard um, to come rescue you. So, um so there's, you know, again, features that you are, are curious about you know, or that you you think you'll need or you think matter is kind of the deciding factor behind this. And, the, and the, you know, the technology is really similar in all of these devices. Um, again, the, the difference is the satellite network and then just kind of some basic features that you feel are um, important to you and the type of adventuring that you do. So I, I have some I have a question about the SOS sort of process you know obviously in different parts of the world there are different rescue operations and things like that how exactly does does the device know you know who to contact based on location and all these sorts of things and how does that sos process actually work like 
um, sort of from start to finish. Yeah. So when you, um, I, I'll speak to the Bivy Stake because I'm very familiar with it. But the wait, when you set up your account with Bivy Stake, you enter in contact information for emergency contacts, your age, you know, your residence, everything else like that, where you're from, um, who you want to be contacted in case of an emergency, like I said. Um, and so then what happens when you're out in the backcountry, you fall, you break a bone, you know, you're not able to you're not able to get out or whatever, but you're able you're conscious and you can initiate that SOS. So you hit the SOS button. What it does is it sends automatically your location and your personal information that you entered into the app when you were registering your account, you know, saying, okay, this is Pit Gruy. Um, this is his age. This is his location right now. And it'll send your GPS coordinates right there. This is his location right there. And here's his emergency contacts. And so right when you do that, basically, it goes to a global dispatch service called GEOS. And GEOS is, uh, they basically have set up contracts and contacts with rescue services in every country, almost every country around the world. Um, And whether that is Coast Guard and military account, you know, resources or local search and rescue to emergency services, uh, police departments, whatever, right? So GEOS gets all that information when you initiate the SOS from him. And what they do then is say, all right, here's his location. We see he's in the Wintas in in Utah. Great. They're going to then reach out to, you know, uh, Summit County, Utah, dispatch, sheriff's office or whatever, and say, hey, we have an emergency. Here's the information. This is their location. This is their age, um, everything else. And then in the meantime, because it's a two-way text messaging system, GEOS can communicate back to you and say, what's the nature of your injury? Are you, you know, does everybody have consciousness? Whatever, right? They can, you can, you can kind of give a little detail. So then they can pass that on to the dispatch center or the, the search and rescue team and say, look, everybody is conscious. Nobody's you know, losing blood, you know, whatever the details you're able to communicate at that point, they can at least help to facilitate the rescue a little bit better and be prepared for that. In the meantime, whoever you listed as your emergency contacts, GEOS is going to shoot an email to, um, or whatever the contact information is, send an email to and say, like to my wife and say, just so you know, Pit Gruy has initiated an SOS on his, you know, and this is his location, right? And so then loved ones are aware, like, Okay, something's happening, but we know that it's being taken care of. That the that you know the authorities have been contacted. Yeah, it's kind of it's a pretty interesting process, and, and and actually really you know convoluted in the sense of how it works. But Geos has has nailed this and down, and you know they Geos does it for us. Um, they also do it for the Garmin and Reach, and then I know they do it um, for a handful of other you know, um, like enterprise safety devices um, that maybe like loan workers and, and companies that have other types of communication devices um, use as well. The, the other cool part about it is, um, and Geos, you know, has learned from experience with this, that if like, an, you know, on accident, you initiate an SOS, right? You butt dial an SOS or you accidentally hit the button or whatever the case is on whichever device you're using, you know, it's going to, you know, you're going to have a warning that says SOS initiated, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's it. you also have the ability to say, 
you know, false alarm, cancel the SOS. And then Geos, again, is handling all that while you're out in the middle of nowhere. You know, like maybe they initiated something with search and rescue, but then it got canceled. They're going to be able to communicate with search and rescue and say, listen, it's been canceled. You know, don't rally the troops to, to get going. We're okay. And they, you know, um, it just, you know, if you can imagine like, trying to organize the logistics of a rescue, even if you kept the phone number of, like, the county of the, the where you were recreating or adventuring or whatever, and then, like, a false alarm happened or something, like, being able to communicate that appropriately just over text message, it would be really hard. But, you know, you're able to just have one point of contact with Geos, and then Geos is organizing and kind of doing the logistics behind everything else, which is, you know, key to a successful rescue as opposed to, a, a really botched communication or, or rescue scenario. Sure. And I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, a bit of a point for the satellite devices, just in general, even if you do have cell service, because otherwise you're going to be, you know, calling 911 or something like that in a place where maybe, maybe the, the whole search and rescue thing isn't super linked to, I don't know, like what, whatever's happening in, in the cities or at the dispatch there. Um, but I imagine, yeah, with GS, things would go more smoothly, it sounds like, than perhaps with other avenues. Yeah, I think I, I also th- I think Spot also uses GS as well. So, I mean, they like I said, they they know what they're doing and they've they've nailed it. And it it brings a lot of peace of mind because I think that's the biggest unknown for a lot of people when they're like, how do I know that if I buy one of these devices, I'm guaranteed that like I'm going to get rescued and it's not just another roll of the dice that all right, there's a chance that if I hit this button, like it, I may get rescued. I don't know, but you know, my, maybe it's a 70% chance. Like you got to be confident that like, if I hit this button, like something's going to happen and it's going to change my life, um, drastically. One of the things that's always been really confusing for me about these devices is sort of the payment plans and the way that all works. Can you talk through a little bit the way that um, the payment plans work for 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 the major, like the inReach and the Spot, and then for for the Bibby Stick as well. Yeah, so um, no way around it. Satellite data is expensive. I, I the you know it's 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 not like buying gigs gigs of data for internet use at home, right? Like if you're gonna use a, if you're gonna use a lot of data, it gets expensive to send it all to satellites and down, and and that just is a product of the fact that somebody has spent billions of dollars to launch hundreds of satellites into orbit and they've got to recoup that cost somehow, right? So um, they're going to charge accordingly to be able to pay for that and to maintain those satellite systems and, and everything else. So typically how it, how it has worked in the past is, so for like Spot and Garmin, they do what's called a, uh, you have freedom plans and you have annual plans. And so if you sign up with them for a year contract, you obviously get a cheaper monthly rate. I think it starts around $12 for a month. And that's kind of just like basic data. You can carry it in case you need to initiate an SOS. You have the data to do that and, and a little bit of communication. Um, and um Along that, a lot of times they have like a fee, like $25 annual fee to activate and then $12 a month and you're committed for a year. They also have a freedom plan. Um, both of them, I think, have freedom plans that are, you know, basically you're not committed for a year. You can shut it off, but the month to month is a little more expensive, like $15. And you still have to pay a $25 activation fee every time you 
you decide to turn it on. So if you only need it for the month of June, you pay $25 and then the $15 for the data, and then you shut it off. Well, if you need it again in September, you you would pay $25 and then you know $15 to shut it off or something like that. So well, that's where we saw, and when we launched Bivy Stick, that's where we wanted to kind of stand out and be a little different, is we wanted this device, because again, with the, the research that we did, we found that this is a great device for people um, to give to their loved ones that they're worried about, right? And it's really hard to give somebody a product for Father's Day, for example, which is coming up, or for a birthday or a Christmas gift and say, you know, here, Sam, I got you this great Christmas gift. By the way, it comes with a $200 a year contract that you need to pay for. Um <laughs> If Thanks, you want to Dad. use it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good luck with that. Um, we wanted it to be able to like, hey, here it is. And then when you need to use it, it's a really affordable price. So where we're different is we um, we charge a monthly activation fee, but there's no contract and there's no additional fee on top of that to like activate or deactivate it. So, for example, if I had in a if I was going on a backpacking trip next week and I was going to take my bivy stick with me, um, I would initiate the or I'd activate the device for $17 is our base plan. So $17 and that'd give me access to the satellite network for 30 days with a minimum amount of data. Just enough for like that SOS situation or maybe to check in a handful of times um, and things like that. But I and I would have access to the satellite network for 30 days for that $17. Now if I if I want to be able to check in every day or a couple times a day or I want to share my location, you can buy more data up to $59 for an unlimited plan for that 30 days. So that's kind of what we offer and kind of a la carte it. But the thing is, there's no activation fee. There's no $25 or whatever to activate it plus buy in the data. You just buy the data. At the end of that 30 days, you can put the bivy stick away and, uh, you know, put it in your gearbox or, or whatever. And I don't have another trip coming up till a hut trip in December or January. You know, I'm not going to pay a dime. I'm not, you know, I'm not locked into an annual contract. Or, or anything like that. And, uh, you know, again, it comes down to what your needs are, right? If you're somebody that is solo adventuring six months of the year, maybe the annual contract makes sense for you or eight months of the year that, you know, that makes sense because you want to be able to have access to it every weekend or a couple times a week or whatever. But what we have found is the majority of people really go on two, maybe three big trips a year. And um, so why pay for data that you only need three times a year. Um, just pay, you know, don't pay all year for data when you only need it three times a year. Just pay when you need to pay when you need it. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. I think um, both people, I mean, I talk, I go to events and whatever, and I talk to a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, I'm a Garmin, I'm a Garmin owner, I'm a spot owner. So what's different from you? And um, again, like I said earlier, like the devices you know, themselves of how they function really aren't that different. You know, they use a lot of them use the same satellite network. A lot of them have the same features, but it comes down to what features you need and kind of what your use is, what you think you'll use it for. And it makes a lot of sense for people that say, yeah, I, you know, I need it for my backpacking trip and a hunting trip and maybe a like a hut trip in the winter. So three times. So I'm going to get something that has the most flexible data plan um, and, and go with that as opposed to going to something, but then, you know, like say, or a guide or an outfitter that's, you know, needs to check in for client's sake, you know, all summer long, might want to lock into like a more long-term plan and save money that way. So, um, yeah, those are kind of the options right now. We're the only ones that are doing it as flexible as that, again, with no additional activation fees and 
Um, currently, we you know we don't. There's no contract or, or anything locked into to buying data. So so if I activate my my bivy stick, go into the backcountry, need to send a bunch of texts and go over my data limit while I'm in the backcountry, what would what would happen in that case? So the the stick will always work for that whole 30 days, no matter how much data you use. But if you only bought 10 credits, for example, or enough data for, you know, 10 or 20 text messages, and then you get out there and something happens and you end up sending 50 text messages, every additional text message that you send would cost you 50 cents, basically. But the device would work. Um, and the device would, you know, it's never going to come off the satellite network for that 30 days. It's, 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 you're locked on that 30 days and it'll continue to work no matter what. You know, you just will get charged extra for any overage that you, you use. And so then at the end of that 30 days, if I want to, you know, have satellite access for the next 30 days, I just pay another $17. Yep. And you pay another $17. And if you didn't use it like you thought you would that first month, so like say you bought 20 credits of data um, and it didn't, you ended up not going on your trip or got canceled or whatever, but it got postponed to the next month. You know, if you, any of those credits, if, as long as you keep it active, any of those credits are going to roll over. So then the next month you get 20 additional credits that roll over, right? And as long as you keep it active, they're going to roll over. So you can like save up all summer if you, you know, you want to use, you want to have it just in case and then have a big trip at the end of the summer that you're saving up for, you know, you can do it that way. Um, yeah. So it's got, it's kind of the incentive for people to keep it active that we do is the rollover idea instead of, you know, trying to commit them say, well, no, you signed a contract to pay. And then, um, you know, you, you have to pay this for three months. Cause that's what you, that's what you signed a contract for. And we're trying to incentivize you other in other ways. So as the, um, you know, as the sort of GPS communications, ignorant person in this conversation um is there is there are there any questions or any interesting points that i haven't asked you about that that you think are worth talking about you know i i again i think the initial sticker shock you know so for example prices of these devices were all priced really similar spots right around 300 dollars for their device the garmin and ours are both right at 350 um and, you know, I think this the initial sticker shock for a lot of people is like, whoa, $350 for a piece of safety equipment is like, I don't know if I need that and just plus the data. But, um, you know, yeah, that initial cost can be a little bit expensive for some people to swallow. But then the actual data plan, like to think about it, like $17 for that peace of mind for 30 days is like a lunch and a half, right? Like it's, it's not that expensive. And it, so I think... You know, when you're looking at these devices and you're you're doing the math, uh, a lot of people overestimate to their usage. And what we find is most people don't use, you know, half of what they they buy. Right? They they go into and be like, oh, I need to buy this much data because, you know, I'm I'm gonna need it. And then the end of the 30 day comes and they sent three text messages on their trip and they're like, huh, okay, great, right? And so really, if they are more realistic in that sense, again, like the data cost is really cheap for the month in comparable, you know, you don't have to buy the unlimited plan just to send, you know, three or four messages, obviously. Um, but what happens when people look at it and they get scared away from first the, all right, $350 for a device, but then they start doing the math in their head, like, Ooh, $17 a month, 12 months. Ooh, yeah, that's expensive. But, and if you use the kind of flexible plan that's available, um, or, you know, kind of flexible device, then, 
it, it, it goes down significantly like, oh, I may spend $30 this year on data total and all my trips and that'd be fine. Interesting. Well, Pitt, thanks so much for taking the time to sit down and uh, have this conversation. I think it was, it was really, really kind of eye-opening for me. I learned, I learned a little bit and I hope our, hope our listeners have too. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your day and thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. It was an honor. Uh, keep up the good work and Blister is awesome. I use it all the time for my, my researching my gear and products and whatever else I need. So, uh, you know, you guys do a fantastic job. So I'm honored to be able to, to chat with you. Uh, you're making us blush, man. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, Pit. Yep. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying these episodes, we'd very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or some feedback in iTunes. And also spread the word to your gearhead friends. Thanks, everybody. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you next week.